0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the In Theory, I Was Right podcast. I, of course, am still Harris Kaufman. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about and reviewing uh, Marvel's newest addition to its Marvel Cinematic Universe, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, in addition to me recording this and putting this up on a uh, podcast for download, um, I'll, I'm, this will also be the first time I will be recording it and putting it up on YouTube, so... If you love it so much, you want to listen to it twice. You can li- you can watch it on uh, on uh, YouTube. I'll just be sitting here talking about it. You'll just get to look at my beautiful face and uh, and uh, see me say the same things. Um, so this, of course, is the most recent uh, addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is the movie that occurs immediately after uh, the events of, or uh, well, it occurs. I guess, during, simultaneously during the events of uh, Avengers 3, um, Infinity War, and, uh, but it is the next installment of the movies. So, even though it's happening at the same time, none of it intersects for the most part. Um, So, first and foremost, um, let's talk about what happened in the movie. So, we find... Scott Scott Lang Paul Rudd's character he has in the events immediately following, um, or uh, immediately following uh, Captain America: Civil War, and I guess it's two years after that because he, he was captured um, after the airport fight and he was imprison- imprisoned on the raft, that big floating um, jail that he gets that Captain America ends up breaking him out of and then he makes a deal with Homeland Security or something like that, and he gets put on house arrest. And he's two years into it. He's almost done with it. He only has a couple of days left. So we see him. He's kind of milling around going crazy, and we're we're meant to understand that since he's been home, he hasn't had any Ant-Man activities. He hasn't hasn't seen Hope. Uh, He hasn't seen uh, Hank Pym, Uh, because I guess by him using the Ant-Man suit, he has implicated them also in, he has made them fugitives. He has made them criminals for whatever reason. That doesn't really follow because he – even though he was entrusted with the tech, they didn't have anything to do with him going over to Germany and helping Captain America. So for whatever reason, Paul Rudd is on or, – or I'm sorry, Scott Lang is on house arrest and Hank – I'm sorry, Hank Pym and Hope uh, Van Deen – Ha, are now are on the run. They've been on the run and we're led to believe that they have had no contact with Scott since he's come home from Germany. So he's on house arrest. He's going crazy. But while he's been on house arrest, he's started a, I guess, a security company with with um, uh, Michael Pena's character and what's his name? Um, David Desmalkian and uh, T.I. So like his ex have started a... Uh, security company um, called Xcon security or something like that and so that's been that's what he's been doing since you know since he's been back so we see uh, his daughter um, who again of course I'm spacing on the name and I'm going to get it Cassie Cassie's the name uh, we see him she's spending more time with him and even though he's on house arrest and it was kind of a condition. Of his wife and her new husband, of like that he was going to get his act together. Um, we see them pretty much immediately, and we, you know, they're they're really um, positive with Scott. They're really happy that he's spending time with Cassie, and you see them all kind of embracing a group hub, It's really, it's actually, it was actually kind of kind of nice. I like that. It was um, it was uh, funny because Pax, the uh, the husband who had kind of been at odds with uh, Scott in the first movie. Uh, they were kind of buddies. They were, they were at least uh, very friendly to each other. Um, so uh, that's you know we see that, and then um, what ends up happening is ever since, um, I guess Scott had come back from the um, God damn it! I can't remember what is it um, the Uh, Quantum Realm. There we go. Ever since Scott has come back from the Quantum Realm, I guess Hank has been all kind of transfixed on getting uh, his wife back. Because, uh, as we saw in the first movie, um, his wife Janet had been stuck in the Quantum Realm. And if Scott can come back, then he believes that he can go get Janet. So him and uh, Hope have been working to, to figure out a way to get to the Quantum Realm. And they manage to do something to kind of open up the portal. And in doing that, it gives Scott a vision. Uh, Scott gets this vision as Janet. He, he sees, uh, he's playing as Janet. They're playing hide and seek with, with the young hope. And once he does that, he sees that super weird. He finds a phone and calls Hank and lets him know. And when immediately he's, he's basically abducted, um, and taken to their lab, their mobile lab, which we've seen in the trailers is this giant building that Hank is able to shrink down to the size of a uh, kind of carry-on suitcase from a from a from a uh, on an airplane, and he get they get into it, and they need one more part, and they go and meet Walton Goggins, who is kind of this gangster character, and as to get this last part, as um, they meet, we see that Walton Goggins realizes who. Hope is realizes how much money there there is to be made, uh, and then essentially tries to rob her, or blackmail her because he knows that they're wanted by the FBI. And then we see the ghost for the first time. That's uh, Hannah Hannah John Kamen's character um, comes out of nowhere, really unexpected. Um, they don't know how to deal with it, uh, or really what, what to make of it. So they go and um, they go to the only person that they can think to go to, and that's Lawrence Fishburne's character. That's uh, Bill Foster, who is the original Giant Man. Uh, from the comics, and so they go to see him, um, and they they explain what's going on, and he you know doesn't really he isn't really able to help, um, except that he manages to give some information to makes them that allows them to track uh, the shrunken uh, lab because the ghost had previously stolen the lab. Turns out that the ghost is um, working with uh, Bill Foster because. Uh, as a little girl, she was exposed to some sort of quantum physics uh, physical anomaly, and and she then uh, is is always in a state of like flux between it, it, which allows her to pass through uh, matter walls and stuff like that. And she was actually tapped by Shield as a as kind of a secret agent, as a spy kind of thing. And uh, she's in a lot of pain, and it's killing her. So she she and Bill are trying to figure out a way. Um, To cure her, and that actually ends up, that's how she ends up stealing, or why she ends up stealing the lab. Um, They, you know, so this goes back and forth. Um, The whole time, uh, Scott Lang is trying to convince, or or keep up appearances that he's still under house arrest, and um, so that the FBI is, you know, doesn't bust him, because he's almost done. And then basically, you know, there's a chase with Walton Goggins that ends up happening because all these propri- proprietary things like the lab and all that stuff, which everybody seems to need, uh, has gone stolen. So, the, the, you know, that's when we see uh, Giant Man um, come out, essentially, um, and we understand that the ghost is not truly – it's a villain in, in the sense of the movie, but it's not truly um, – you know, not truly evil. It's really just trying to save herself. And so, yeah, that's where, that's really end, what it ends up leading to. Um, they get uh, Hank and, and uh, Hope and Scott end up getting the lab back. They get the part in, and um, Michael Douglas, Hank Pym, is able to go to the Quantum Realm. He does this in this kind of like capsule kind of thing, and he finds Janet. He gets Janet, and he's able to bring her, Back. He finds her and is able to bring her to the re- to the regular world. Um, she's imbued with this kind of quantum power that's really kind of ill-defined. They don't really explain what it is, where it comes from, other than the fact that she absorbed it while she was in the quantum realm, and she uses that that power to immediately uh, cure, or or at least, yeah, I, I, I mean, they lead you to believe that that she has cured the ghost um, with that power, and. Um, yeah, that's the movie That's the entire movie um, So let me start off by saying That, of course As I said, I, as I am in the bag for these movies uh, I really did enjoy this movie And now, after The the movie immediately preceding this Was uh, Avengers Was Age of, Old, <laughs> Age of Ultron Was uh, Infinity Gauntlet Infinity War I'm going to get this right Was Avengers Infinity War, which had the largest stakes of any Avengers movie or Marvel movie that we've seen so far. And so it left in such a way with a cliffhanger that everybody needed answers, myself obviously included. I needed answers, and I wanted answers right now. I don't want to wait for a year to find out how they end up bringing these people back. So Ant-Man wasn't the movie that I wanted immediately after. That's not what I wanted to see. What I wanted to see, I mean what what I would take, what I would have been okay with was Captain Marvel because we know how specifically important she will be in um you know in in beating Thanos or solving the issues that came out of um Infinity War, not that, and 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 we know that the quantum realm will play a big part um, in the in Avengers Four. You know, we know that time works differently. Something like that. Time travel is going to happen. And it's coming through the the quantum realm. So, but even though Ant Man wasn't the movie that I wanted because it doesn't answer anything, it I think it's the movie that I needed. It's the movie that we needed as an audience because. With a movie as big as Avengers 4, it's nice to kind of calm down, wind down. With a movie that's a lot smaller scale, and that's what these movies are meant to be, or at least that's what the Ant-Man movies are meant to be, because Ant-Man, the first one, was a really small – it was a heist movie, basically. It was a small-scale um, small scale movie with with low stakes, the stakes that were pretty, pretty much only personal to the characters in the movie and not really the world um, – as a whole even if he tried to make the yellow jacket seem like it was going to you know be this big thing um, and this was the same way this um, the stakes were, were very small they were they were they were big to the people in the movie and that's pretty much it um, now I, as I said before um, the the fabric that was laid out or the foundation that was laid out, uh, in this movie, with the quantum realm and all the stuff, will play a big role in the next, in the upcoming movies. But that's not really the point of the movie at the moment. Um, in the future, we'll it will be, but not right now. So it was nice to uh, kind of not have to take it so seriously because these movies are comedies, or at least the Ant Man movies are are first and foremost comedies. So it was nice to. Um, You know, really just kind of relax and enjoy what we were watching and not have to be on edge wondering if and when one of our beloved characters was going to die. Like when we saw Tony Stark get stabbed in the stomach with his own tech, assuming that he was going to die. So so that was good. So I like that about it. And, but yeah, overall, I, lo- I really like the movie. Um, I like it about as much as I like the first Ant-Man. I think, it, I think it is as good as the first Ant-Man. Uh, there were some things I didn't like about it, uh, mainly his kind of friends, uh, Michael Pena and David Dasmalkian and uh, T.I. They weren't in it as much as I wanted. Uh, they were in it a little bit more in the first Ant-Man, and I liked them. I thought they brought a... I mean, the, the whole movie is, is levity, but I, I thought that they brought a kind of just a different type of levity. Just you know, they were, they were fools and, um, but competent fools. And, uh, I don't know. I just like the jokes that they made in, 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 the first one. So I wanted a little bit more of that in, uh, in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I also wanted, um, Michael Pena to explain more things. Um, that was a really good part of the first one. He did it a couple of times, uh, with how I guess him and Scott met when he was given the truth serum. Um, Walton Goggins is one of his henchmen, (laughs) um, invents this, um, injectable solution that (laughs) as he's explaining it, everyone's like, Oh, it's truth serum. And the guy who made it's like, it's not truth serum. They go back and forth for it. And, uh, it's a really, it's a really funny scene. And it, and it, and as, as Michael Peña is injected with it, uh, that's when, uh, he starts to describe his, how he met Scott, uh, Scott Lang and, and all that stuff. Um, but I wish we had a little bit more of that cause that was a really fun part of the original movie. Um, and I mean, uh, things that I, uh, if there's anything else I didn't like, um, not really, uh, I mean, everything is everything's a pretty fun ride. There's not much. There's really not much there to dislike, just because it's not a terribly deep movie, um, as it's not meant to be. But it was a uh, yeah, it's an it's an enjoyable movie. I will say that probably one of the funniest moments in any Marvel movie was in this movie. Um, it's when Scott has to go get the original Ant Man suit. That he is hidden in a in a toy trophy uh, that he that was given to him uh, from Cassie, and Cassie brought it to school for show and tell, and he's wearing one of the old, one of the new suits that kind of has some bugs in it, or, or bugs in, in the sense that it hasn't. There, there's some issues with the suit, and he the the suit malfunctions and he shrinks to about like two feet high, three feet high. And So, in in uh, in order to disguise him, they just put a a sweatshirt on him that's obviously too too large for him, and the sleeves go out about you know six to six to eight inches. And so you see this two foot high Ant Man in a hoodie um, running down the hall. And the way that it's the way, and I'm doing just an awful job of describing it, but everybody who's seen it knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and it was just for an action movie, it was just one of the funniest things I'd seen, uh, just how silly it ended up working out to be. Um, so that was probably one of my favorite moments of the movie. Uh, I also liked that when he went to Giant Man, when, when he got so big, also by one of the bugs in the suits, um, or one of the the issues with the suits, he... Uh, it, it, it's explained that he, it just takes a lot of, a lot out of him physically. So he gets, he, he, he's explaining prior that when he got the, the previous time that he got so big, he slept for four days. And you can see as he is giant man in, uh, towards the end of the movie, he starts to like really almost start to pass out, uh, because it just takes so much out of him. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure why I like that so much, but, uh, but, uh, it was an, it was a cool thing, I suppose that I liked. Um, Who's in this movie? Uh, Evangeline Lilly, of course. She's uh, she's Hope. She's good. She's always good. Um, she was good in, I, I mean, I watched the first couple of seasons of Lost. Um, she's good in Lord of the Rings movies um, or the Hobbit movies, whatever. Uh, she's good in these in these movies. So um, I liked, she kicked a fair amount of ass, I'll tell you that. Um, she was a good addition to, uh, I, I like that, that she could definitely hold her own even arguably more so than Scott, and it was just cool to see them, you know, in tandem, you know, kicking ass. Uh, Paul Rudd, of course. Paul Rudd is always good. He's—I don't know if he—if I've ever seen a Paul Rudd movie that I didn't like, or at least didn't like him in. He's good as Ant Man, um, and he just yeah he brings the same performance as he did in the uh, in the previous movies. Michael Douglas. And I still can't – some of the people that they get for these movies are really unbelievable. Michael, Specifically Michael Douglas and, and Michelle Pfeiffer. But Michael Douglas, I like that they gave him more to do in this. He was more hands-on and I saw in an interview with him that he, he, he really liked it. He really liked to be able to take a more central role because at this point in his career, at his age, he's resigned to more supporting roles. But here he's actually got a suit on. He's put on a suit. And he's going into the quantum realm to get his wife. So that was cool. I liked, I liked seeing him, uh, you know, just take more of an active role in it. And, and we got to see him, you know, as an action star for the most part. And, and that's another thing. Every, it seems that every movie, every, every Marvel movie that we get, that like de-aging software that they do gets better and better with every movie. The the opening scene is Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer as you know in their in their thirties or whatever in their twenties or in in their thirties you know tucking their tucking hope into bed and both of them first of all Michelle Pfeiffer doesn't look like she's aged a day anyway so good on her but with with this tech this this thing that they're able to do on the screen it's unbelievable there's almost no noticeable difference. If you didn't know that he was de-aged with, you know, with a filter or whatever, um, you wouldn't be able to tell you, you would swear it was Michael Douglas from, um, wall street. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's so cool. I love that. I, 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 I wish they, I don't want, I don't say want to say I wish they would do it more, but I like that it keeps coming up because it's cool to see, I don't know. I just think it's a cool tech. Uh, it was a little iffy in... Um, what is it? Uh, Rogue One when they have Carrie Fisher or, or, or Princess Leia. I actually don't think it was... It wasn't that thing. I think they just CGI'd a young Carrie Fisher. It was very obviously a computer rendering. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, so Michelle Pfeiffer is in it. And again... I, I don't get it. She hasn't. She looks exactly the same, um, you know. They, and they aged her a little bit. They gave her some gray hair. Um, aged her, but I mean, they they just let her have gray hair. And uh, she isn't in. She's only in about the last ten minutes of the movie. Uh, but I, I believe. Uh, but it, I mean, she's the real motive for everything that that uh, Hope and uh, Hank do. But she's good in it. Um, and, and again, she's, she was, I mean, she's a, she's a, a huge movie star. And I mean, obviously it's a money thing. You know, they, they, they can throw as much money at these people as they want. You know, you're not going for, for critical acclaim. Well, I I mean, these movies are well, well, well received, but you're not doing it for the Oscar. You know, these movies aren't getting Oscar nominations. Um, but she was, she's good in it. i i I thought it was really cool that they got her just because she's such a, an iconic actress. Um, Michael Peña, of course, uh, he's, he has had such a, he's been in a lot of things. He's had a, he's a journeyman actor. Um, and yeah, I just liked that they brought him back and I would love to see him, uh, assuming he survived the snap. I'd love to see him again to come back because I don't uh, I heard a rumor that they're not going to be um, it's probably not going to have a third Ant-Man movie so this might be the last standalone Ant-Man movie Um, Hannah John Kamen the one who played Ghost she I see I I had seen her in a previous um, Black Mirror episode where, where the guy beta tests a like a horror movie video game very good she's not in it for a whole lot Um, but I, it's my understanding she's in another show on sci-fi channel that I'm not into, but she's a smoke show. I don't know what it is, but she's hot as hell. Um, Lawrence Fishburne, always good. He's cool. I like that he's in it. And Walton Goggins. And now this guy, another journeyman actor, he's been in everything. You know, he's been in, uh, the hateful eight. He's been in, I think he was even in the green mile. He may have been in the green mile. Um, Walton Goggins is in, let me just pull it up. Uh, Sons of Anarchy, Tomb Raider, Justified, Hateful Eight. Um, he was in an episode of Community that I love, um, Django and So he's been in a couple of uh, of uh, Quintantino movies, The Shield. He's been Predators. He's been in a. He's been in everything. So um, everything and Principles, that, that show with uh, Danny McBride. He's. I like him. I, I think he's a great a char- great actor. He's good in this movie. He's he's a little hammy, but the the character rather is a little hammy. But uh, but it's good. He's good. Uh, Randall Park. He's the guy who played Asian Jim in The Office. Uh, He's in that show Off the Boat. I'm pretty sure. And he was in um, the Dictator or whatever that James Franco movie where they go to kill Kim Jong Un or whatever it is. Um, But yeah, that's you know the cast was great. Cast is cast was pretty solid, Um, and. With this movie being such low stakes, I'm, I'm surprised that they got, um, no, I'm not surprised that they got such big names, but it's surprising, I guess, that they use them in this, in this way. Uh, I believe the box office domestic, they did, did around like 75 million, almost, almost 80 million, uh, which is pretty good. Solid, solid move, it's uh, solid box office for... A movie of this size, compared to um, Avengers three, this is never. This is never going to be a billion dollar movie. It was never meant to be a billion dollar movie. I think it's doing thirty percent more opening weekend than the original Ant Man. I think people are just are just looking for answers. I think people just want, um, or, or they want a little taste of of the of, of the stories that um, were affected in. In, uh, Avengers 3, uh, which really leads to the first, um, the first and really the only, uh, important, uh, post-credit scene. And, excuse me, in that we see, um, they have shrunk down the quantum portal and they fit in the back of, uh, of Michael Peña's van. And they're going to collect quantum energy or whatever it is because I guess Ghost needs it it to to heal or whatever it is. So they send Scott in um, while uh, Hope and Hank and Janet are out kind of monitoring some some computer. They're staying in in communication with him. And um, with that, you know, he goes in, gets some of the stuff, and he's in communication. They're joking around, and then all of a sudden – Silence. radio silence and the second and it, and, and, and it pans out to outside of the van and you just see dust uh, meaning that that's when the snap had occurred and Hank and Janet and Hope are all gone all three of them are gone and Scott is now stuck in the quantum realm because they were his ticket out they were supposed to grab him out um, the second that the radio went dead I'm like oh they're gone That's it It's the whole thing Um, It's this now And Yeah So that leaves Questions for What the hell Happens now Um, We know That the Quantum Realm Is going to play An important role In Avengers 4 uh, Title TBD TDB um, And We know that Scott is going to play an important role in Avengers 4. And we know that because we've seen some set photos of Ant-Man with Captain America and with um, with Iron Man, but in New York um, during the events of the first Avengers. So um, uh, it leads me to believe that the Quantum Realm is used for some sort of time travel. They've manipulated this in some, in some way, and uh, Scott is going to play an important role in that. Now, I'm not sure how he's going to because he, everybody that would understand how to do that is gone. Hank, Janet, and Hope are the only people that truly understand how that stuff works. And and we're under, we understand that because there are several scenes in Ant-Man and the Wasp where kind of quantum physics are being explained to him and he's completely lost. So he doesn't know how this is going to work or how it's supposed to work. So I'm confused and unsure as to how they're going to utilize this when all of the people um, that understood that are gone. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe Lawrence Fishburne is going to be tapped again because we don't know if he survived or not. Let's just assume for the sake of the argument that he did. Um, and then he, I guess, would be the only other person that we know of uh, that has an understanding of how the quantum quantum physics works and how the quantum realm works, uh, or maybe even Ghost. I don't know. But um, it's very clear that Scott does not. So we uh, you know, – we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I know – I'm not sure when Captain Marvel comes out, but I know that the only two movies slated um, are Captain Marvel – the next coming movies are Captain Marvel and the one – Directly after that is Avengers 4, and that comes out in April, I believe, and let's say April or May. So that means we only get two Marvel movies in the next 10 months. So I'm, a, I'm just going to assume that Captain Marvel is going to come out in five months, and then Avengers... Five months after that, five months between movies is a is an eternity. That is a lifetime for me. I need answers now, and I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait ten months for. I mean, I mean, it, it, I don't know. It is what it is. But another kind of shot to the scrotum pole is that Marvel is purposely skipping. San Diego San Diego Comic Con, and this is the first and only time I've ever been or, or am going to Comic Con. And the one time that I'm not that I go, Marvel's not going. I don't give a shit about DC. I don't care about about like the Aquaman movie. I don't care about the trailer for that. I don't care about the the Flash movie that's ever coming. I don't care about the Suicide Squad movie that's coming. I don't care about the shit. I don't want to see any of that stuff. I'm not. I'm not going to Hall H because that's the only people that are going to be there. It's going to be, it's going to be DC and The Walking Dead, which I gave up on like three seasons ago. I don't care about those things. Give me more Marvel. okay? I'm at, like, I'll see the DC movies, but Jesus Christ, I'm not going opening weekend. They lost me at Justice League because that movie is a hot garbage fire. I mean, Batman vs Superman was terrible. Wonder Woman, which I gave a very favorable review for, like, does not hold up. Now that I've rewatched it like three times, it's got like thirty. It's got thirty minutes of watchable material. The rest of it is just garbage. It's 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 and and it's praise. I, I don't think the new one is going to do what people think it's going to do. I don't think it's going to do the kind of numbers that the first one did. I think the novelty of it. Has worn off, and and I'm getting off on a tangent here because I'm so frustrated that Marvel is not going. Marvel TV will be there, I think. Um, Like the Netflix series, Cloak and Dagger will be there. Don't care about those. Do not care about Cloak and Dagger. I mean, I'd sit through a panel for the Defenders, I suppose, but I'm not. I'm not waiting in line for four four or five hours to go listen to Charlie Cox talk about how the TV show de- has nothing to do with Avengers 4. I want Chris Evans. I want Hemsworth. I want Downey. I want Brolin. I want Johansson. I want Ruffalo. I want Stan. I want Mackie. I want um, Olsen. I want all these people. Renner. I'll, I'll take Renner. I will take. I will, sit for, I will sit for four hours in a line, ten hours. I'll take ten hours to, to listen to Jeremy Renner spoil some shit. Or, or or show us the, the Ronin costume uh, that we're assuming he's gonna be in. I need some Avengers stuff. You left me with nothing. This is bullshit. I don't know. I'm just frustrated. I need more. I need more and I need give me give me I, I know that, that um that uh, Captain Marvel finished finished shooting. They have to have a trailer by now. Give me a Captain Marvel trailer. I'll wait. All night for a Captain Marvel trailer. Give me some of that. But no. I'm stuck with DC and Hall H. Because I give a shit about, about Aquaman. I give a shit about Jason Momoa's surfer dude portrayal, hacky portrayal of, of Aquaman. Who asked for an Aquaman movie? I don't know. I'm just upset. I'm upset I don't like it. I'll get over it, I suppose. I don't know, but either way, I digress. This 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 podcast is about Ant Man. I liked Ant Man. Ant Man was Ant Man and the Wasp. Sorry, Ant Man and the Wasp was great. Um, and is, will I go see it again? Probably not. In not in the theaters. I, I'm obviously going to own it, and I'll watch it again when it comes out on Blu-ray. Um, but I'm. I mean, I saw Avengers: uh, Infinity War three times, and three times in three weeks. It was just one, one, one. And that comes out, I think, on Blu-ray in the next two months. Not fast enough, if you ask me. I'll just be, I'll just be hate watching it over and over again. Um, looking for extra, hoping, hoping by the end of it there'll be more, there'll be more answers, knowing that there won't be. Um, although I did watch, I did watch Black Panther again um, for the first time. A couple a couple weeks ago, and as much as I like that movie, as much as it is, it it is long. It's like three hours long, and uh, it's just it's like multi- I, I don't know how I made it through that whole movie, not leaving to go to the bathroom. But uh, but yeah, so it is what it is. Um, Ant Man the Wasp, great movie. Really enjoyed it. Funny, uh, low stakes. You know exactly what you need after a movie as heavy as Avengers Infinity War um so yeah Uh, go see it go see it um give them your money you know make that box office go up and uh (laughs) Thanks for listening. Um, I, of course, am Harris Kaufman. This is the In Theory, I Was Right podcast. If anybody has any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at IWasRightPodcast, all one word, I was right Podcast at e- gmail.com. Um, any questions, anything you want me to review, anything you want me to read on air, air, on air, like whatever, like four people listen to this and I'm one of them, um, send me an email. And, uh, and I'll get to it. Again, that's IWasRightPodcast at gmail.com. All right, everybody. Thank you.